Rowdy, uh, Daft Punk Get Lucky playing featuring Pharrell Williams. Good, great song. Good groove. You want to do a, a little luck segment. Now, I'm very intrigued in this. The Minnesota Vikings, the luckiest team in the NFL. And by f- they are twice as lucky as the second luckiest team, that is the Philadelphia Eagles. And now, this is a stat that is measured. It is an actual stat that is measured. The luck factor. Yeah, and, and what goes into the luck factor and ranking are like 10 different statistics through algorithms that they use with like fourth quarter win share. It's a bunch of different things that go into it. But yes, Minnesota is the luckiest team in the NFL with a luck rating of 4.2. And what that 4.2 means is they have 4.2 wins than what they should have if all luck was even. So that means that if you round to the closest win, the Minnesota Vikings should be 8-8 and going into this final week of the season. What about the Packers? Where are they on the luck factor? I just love how the next two are 2.1. I know. 4.2. To 2.1. No, the, the Vikings were very unlucky last year. They were reversal. extremely un. Th- that the Minnesota Vikings and the Detroit Lions were two of the unluckiest teams last year. And you heard the stat all year that Minnesota lost the most one-score games last year, and now they're like what, ten and zero last I checked in one-score games this year. That is insane luck because normally you would say one score games if you're always playing close games you should be about 500 yeah half would go the other team's way half would go your way so yes minnesota at 4.2 luck rating says that if all luck was even they would be eight and eight this year the next team down you would find the detroit lions their luck rating is 0.1 really so at currently at eight and eight the lions should be Eight and eight. Yeah. And then you scroll down, you find that the Green Bay Packers are minus point seven, mm. which if you round up to the nearest win, says the Packers should have nine wins and be nine and seven this year. Then you gotta scroll all the way down and find the Bears at minus one point eight, <laughs> saying Bears. the Bears should probably have five wins this year. Hey, they say it's better to uh, would you rather be unlucky than have no luck at all? Well, how about the Chicago Bears? Told I don't they think would so. have seven, eight, or nine wins this year. Yeah. And I think I oh, happy belated like birthday, Virginia McCaskey. If you look at that and you say, hey, the Packers should have nine wins, the Lions and the Vikings should both have eight wins, I think a lot of people that watch a lot of football, especially in the NFC North, would probably agree with you that right now, Green Bay looks like they're probably slightly the better team in the NFC. And those other two teams in the Vikings and the Lions are right behind them, but all three teams are very close to being... Uh, competitive about the same team. How about the Denver Broncos? They they have the worst luck in the NFL. They have four wins at four and 12. We know the disaster that was Nathaniel Hackett as a head coach. We know how disastrous Russell Wilson. It was finally has more touchdowns and bathrooms in his house. Yep. He hit the over, hit the over on it. And we also know that there was a lot of injuries to some of the the receiving core for Denver with uh, Jerry Judy, uh, Hamler, some of those Melvin guys had Gordon some injuries. Got, yeah. yeah, the running backs, Javante Williams towards ACL. Look at Russell Wilson, like you Melvin Gordon wasn't really Melvin Gordon from the year before. USOB. But that defense was so good. Remember, there was that stat where if they had just scored 18 points on offense every single game, they'd only have like a loss or two because the defense was arguably one of the best defense in the NFL. Their luck rating is almost minus three, <laughs> saying that they, they should have almost three more wins, Woo! even with how bad they've played. They should Man. probably have seven wins this year. <laughs> Denver is brutal. They're really brutal. But uh, when you look at teams that, hey, maybe you're going to want to bet on these teams because the luck hasn't been there, but they're still pretty good. Buffalo Bills are 12-3 and three with a luck rating under one. Really? Which so they're just good. Buffalo is hasn't had a ton of luck, but they're just good. They're just dragging a wagon, dude. The- Bal- Baltimore Ravens also on that list. They have a luck rating under one. They have 10 wins. And let's not forget Lamar Jackson's been out for over a yeah, month. Yeah. The Jets have no luck. Also, when or, looking or, at hey, his, Zach Wilson or, or lack of it, Zach Wilson's got some luck scoring off the field. 0.0. 0. I would say if you're looking at the, no the luck rating <laughs> and you want to look at in. teams to have maybe a good postseason. I'm going to eliminate Baltimore just because Lamar Jackson is is injured. He has not practiced or played in a month. If you don't have your best players, it's going to be hard to win in the playoffs. But yeah, you, I would agree with that. You look at some of these teams, and um, 
the two that jump, well, I guess there's three that jump right out to me. Dallas, Buffalo, and San Francisco all have luck ratings under one. So they're just good. And Dallas is yeah. 12 and four. Buffalo, obviously, 12 and three with not playing that game on Monday night. And San Francisco's 12 and four. You know what Mike McCarthy so- once said? Real men make their own luck. And I feel like, sure that, don't you think that that kind of falls in line, though? Because if you were looking at this, San Francisco's the scariest team in the NFC. Yeah. I think Dallas right now, because of health and where they're at and the team that they have, Dallas is probably the second scariest team for Green Bay. And to that's play. with Dak Prescott throwing picks left and right. And Dak hasn't played well, but you have that Aaron Rodgers doing you know anything possible to beat McCarthy again oh, yeah. and show him that he was the real boss. The grasshopper becomes the master. But then you look at Buffalo and you're like, well, we know <laughs> Buffalo was good. They've been the Super Bowl favorite to win this year pretty much all season. Yeah. And now I think the the Chiefs have slightly overtaken them. That That's probably because they're going to get the first round by. But yeah, I think uh, if you look at that luck rating, those would be the the two teams, Dallas and San Francisco in the NFC for me. That would be scary, and it seems to play out on the field. And Buffalo, and then you can't, you can never write off the Chiefs just because Patrick Mahomes is that good. I think Patrick Mahomes is right now He's today the best quarterback in the NFL. He is what Aaron Rodgers was eight years ago. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes is. I mean, and you can't. You can't write off the Cincinnati Bengals, even though they're top four in the league for luck, because that Bengals team, beginning of the year, Joe Burrow wasn't right having the uh, appendix surgery. Their offensive line was way better than it was last year, but it just needed time to gel. And Jamar Chase is now healthy with the hip. We'll see what happens with T. Higgins, but because of the hit to Well, did you see his mom uh, reached out, his family reached out to T. Higgins, and he says he feels a lot better about everything? Well, did you see he was one of the Cincinnati players that did not leave the hospital because he felt guilty about the hit, and he was there at the hospital for like three days. Yeah, his mom was talking with him, saying... You you still have Tyler Boyd. Uh, Hayden Hurst is a really good tight end that uh, Baltimore traded away because they have Mark Andrews and that Cincinnati defense playing a lot better, even though Hubbard and um, uh, Hubbard and Hendrickson both been a little banged up here lately. But yeah, those are the three teams in the AFC. I don't think anyone would disagree that I think it'll be Kansas City, Cincinnati or Buffalo. And in my opinion, Kansas City. They're a team that if you look at some of their metrics with turnovers, they turn it over. But doesn't Patrick Mahomes just kind of feel like he's the Brett Favre at this point where it's like he makes some of those plays that turn in interceptions because he's just so good. He's trying to make a play. And then other times when he doesn't throw the pick, he's making touchdown after touchdown because of the great play. But Cincinnati... Cincinnati has Kansas City's number. They do. Joe Burrow is 2-0 and against Kansas City oh, in the Joey last couple B, of years. Joey B. And then you have Buffalo, where they go back and forth with Kansas City. Remember that that phenomenal game last year with Should Josh had more Allen time. and Patrick Mahomes, and they were bitching about the overtime rules again. Mm-hmm. But then Buffalo got their revenge against uh, Kansas City this year in season. So I think that game's a toss-up. I do like Cincinnati's chances against KC seems like they got their number, but who knows if it's be Cincinnati, Buffalo. Site. If they meet each other, we'll be in a, and there'll be neutral, neutral sites site most likely. With, with yeah. what the game is now going to be played between the Bills and the Bengals. And I think Cincinnati, Buffalo is complete toss-up right now, too, because we haven't really seen them play much in the regular season or the postseason, especially since Burrow is Joe Burrow and healthy. I think the AFC is going to be fun to watch between those three teams. The NFC is going to be fun to watch because it feels like it should be San Francisco's to lose. But that's why you play the games. And the Packers, if they make it, would be arguably the hottest team getting in. Packers, when they make it. When <laughs> when they make it. By the way, uh, we got to say good morning. Not only did we have Barry Richter hitting us up last segment now, the one and only Bill Nagy, Wisconsin offensive lineman, Dallas Cowboy as well. I wonder if that means they're together right now, getting ready for some meeting. Well, you know, I, you know what it means is just that great minds think alike. That- there's everyone listens to over the line more evidence obviously yeah. and then they just have to share that uh, everyone's feeling inspired on this friday you know uh, let's go pack go let's go rowdy uh, bill by the way says rowdy you were dialed in today you were dialed, dialed in today in. rowdy did you get did you go to bed early last night i actually was up later than oh. i expected <laughs> i told you i was i had to finish the movie oh yeah some oh, rowdy watched menace to society last night great movie by yeah. the way oh yeah uh let's see here sometimes though when you get a little uh, that uh, less sleep you get that the next day when you come into work, you're like extra dialed in. It's like sometimes when you come in hungover, you're like, you got it going on.
All right, speaking of luck, this man makes his own luck like Mike McCarthy, Billy Zane, and Dwight from The Office. Well, Mike McCarthy is nobody's underdog. Correct. I believe somebody wrote a book titled that. Yeah, Rob Rachel. You can get it picked up for a check promotion at a bank. All right. Dave Esler. Well, we talked to Dave in, oh God, a couple weeks because yeah. we've had our Fridays off. Well, we're back in full force. Gambler to the stars. He makes his own luck. Dave Esler. Like the desert misses the rain. Like an alcoholic misses the bottle. Like I miss Dave Esler. Good morning, David. How are we doing today? I missed you, brother. Hey, man, that was a great intro. When you started with that, yes, 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 I had to look and see where my wife was. <laughs> well, hopefully she's right next to you, Dave. Come on. Uh, no, uh, she's, a, she's not. <laughs> <laughs> you think I could, you, do you really think I could get away with that? Well, Dave, um, you, you make all kinds of money with your gambling prowess, so yes, I think you could. Yes, yes, yes. I, you know, I don't want to push my luck. You know, Ronnie was talking about that luck rating. <laughs> and uh, I'll, I'll keep my I'll keep my net zero. Thank you, <laughs> Dave. Catch us up, man. How was uh, Christmas and how was the New Year? Yeah, it was fine. You know, to me, I'll be honest with you, they're just more work days. You know, I, you know, the holidays are kind of an annoyance to me. Well, money I'll, never sleeps, maybe. Dave. Therefore, neither do you. Pretty much. Pretty that's much. Explains why Rowdy always stays up late too. Money never. Yeah, sleeps. Uh, you know, he's he's the he's the extreme. I do get sleep. Rowdy, what time did you go to bed last night? Like 1 a.m.? No, not 1, probably 11.15. <laughs> still relatively early. So, Dave, uh, by the way, Happy New Year, man. I hope you had a great Christmas. And Santa Claus treats you, treat you very nice. West Coast baseball doesn't start until late March, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> then we yeah. start talking about ones. And then it's about 1 a.m. Hey, Dave, um, college football playoffs, how crazy were those two games, by the way? And did you make any cash, any cash money on them? I did. I had both underdogs plus the points, and, and I was only disappointed that uh, Ohio State didn't win, although you guys know I'm not a Big Ten fan. I, I don't like Georgia either, So, um, but, they, but they covered the spread, and obviously TCU won. And part of my take in both underdogs, I mean, I did the work, and it said to, but, you know, both favorites, we're just not going to go in and steamroll the underdogs and, and be into the, the, the final game. It just never happens that way, so... Almost, almost, almost a mathematical certainty to break even if you took both underdogs. So, Dave, let me ask you, coming up here on uh, Monday, January 9th, we do have the, the national championship, and it's obviously TCU taking on Georgia. Georgia, I'm looking at 12.5-point favorites. What do we think in this game with the dogs and the horn frogs? Well, I'm thinking that uh, the, the, the better spot the number, if you will, with TCU because you it opened at 14, we didn't last very long, but you still could have had 13 like a couple hours later, and obviously that's a, a much better number than 12 and a half. So I think that for me, betting on TCU, the ship has probably sailed. Um, the market is strongly suggesting the under. Um, I'm not sure I agree. I can probably argue either way. Yeah. But for me, I think the value is in the first half. Um, I, I, I have to think that uh, – TCU may keep it close for the first half because they will be playing on borrowed time once again, and uh, they will probably, Sonny Dykes will probably have some some tricks up his sleeves. I mean, he has to know he can't man up and win that game. So if, I, if I'm betting the game right now, I'm probably taking TCU for the first half uh, only because, again, I just don't think you'll see Georgia just win, sure. you know, 48-3 like everybody assumes. So, uh, Dave, I heard that a little birdie told me that you and Nelly had some disagreements over about some bets. We, yeah, we did. And, and, and in fairness, some of that was intentional because I like arguing. Oh, and, so does he. Trust me. And some, uh, and some of that was... was do you, uh, do, real quick, do you guys' arguments ever end? Because I know Rowdy will never give up on an argument, and I feel like you wouldn't. Do, your, do you guys' arguments ever end? Um, I do give up after a while because you know, I, I, I've been in enough of them to know when it's pointless. After you get um, like the eighth block message from Rowdy? See, the, the reason why our arguments end early is because we're on a 40-minute time crunch. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, to- part of that was I wanted to give listeners like uh, the other side of the story. I do that a lot. <laughs> um, you know, well, then they can make up their own mind. I mean, I'll try to make a solid argument one way just because he likes the other side and you know, I've been talking to him long enough now. I almost know what he's going to do before he does it. Oh, you know him better than yourself. What's an argument you guys are at, in on? I'm curious. 
Well, uh, let's talk about the one game coming up. I gave it out on the razor's edge. We had a little bit of a, a disagreement in the New York Giants plus 14 yeah, okay. against the Philadelphia Eagles because we talked about another, eh, we'll say, influencer of a market, maybe. And they liked the Ooh. Eagles in the first half, that woman minus that six, six and a half. And you came out and said, you know what? I like the Giants, but you like them a little bit differently than I did. And you said, but I know you're going to take the Eagles because they got to win. And then I surprised you and said, no, I like the Giants plus 14 for the entire game. Then we had some discourse between Giants in the first half versus Giants for the entire game. Well, there you go. I don't need to add anything. Um, yeah, if, if I'm going to bet that game, if I'm going to bet that game, I'm going to bet the Giants for the first half because you know I I don't think you know I, I'm not a fan of people saying people tank and the, you know the Giants aren't going to rest everyone uh, strictly because you know even if they might want to, I, I think teams now do that less because they don't want to lose what momentum they might have. And you know I, I think that. I think that the league office might have something to say if the Giants rest everyone from play one. Now, I could see them resting people in the second half, score depending, but I think they might keep it competitive for the first half. I mean, that's all of these lines on Sunday are just inflated because of the, uh, you know, people, teams that have to win and teams yeah. that don't. I mean, a perfect example is right now Denver is favored over the Chargers. And Okay. Uh, you know, wait and see on that. And there's a couple of those wait and see games because uh, the Chargers may not need to win. If, uh, the Bengals beat Baltimore in the early time slot, then the Chargers will have the five seed locked up and, and can't get worse, can't get better. And yeah. then they may rest people. So, you know, if, if, if Baltimore happens to beat Cincinnati, then you'll see that line go away really quickly. Yeah. So Dave Essler joining us right now. Follow him on Twitter, Dave underscore Essler, E-S-S-L-E-R. Dave, I'm on pregame.com, your beautiful site. You're 75 and 57 in the NFL. I don't know, I guess, something like I that. Mean, I mean, I'm talking right here on Dave Essler's daily message. That's pretty damn good, brother. Like, well, well yeah, done. I mean, I have had a good year in the NFL. I would grant you that. <laughs> um, well, how about you grant me this? Give us a peek in. To the big Sunday night primetime game. Packers winning there in the playoffs against the Detroit Lions. What are the Packers favorite by Rowdy? Four and a half? Four and a half. Yeah, I mean, I think the Packers will win that. I was a little surprised yes. that line wasn't a little high. That's, that's one of the few games that I think because a team has to win, they will. I can't, I can't say that for the rest of them, but, you know, you got, you know, the only caveat is, yeah, it's a division opponent, but. You know, the Lions beat them earlier, and Packers made some red zone mistakes in that game. And I think that probably would be mistakes with a capital M, if I remember correctly. And, you know, at home, in the cold, outside, I mean, I, you know, they're all sort of cliches, if you will. But that's one game I think the cliches are probably right. God, doesn't it feel good to talk about the Packers and Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs? Ah, oh, that feels great. Dave, it feels so good. And well, anything else um, out of the NFL you want to give us a little juicy nugget on, Dave? What about your boy? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, the, again, you got to be very careful. I think you'll probably end up having to play a lot of money lines this week. I haven't okay. made one yeah. specific bet yet just because of that. I mean, there's so many variables. You know, Buffalo and the Patriots, you don't know how Buffalo is going to come out. Yeah. Um, and, and the same with Cincinnati and Baltimore. You know, I... I, I, you know, on a, on a normal day, you'd think Cincinnati would win that game, but you know, do, do they really right. um, have all that energy? And you know, knowing that they're probably going to make the playoffs, they're probably not going to be the one seed. Um, you know, the Falcons are favored over Tampa Bay. That would be Desmond Ritter over I don't know Blaine Gabbert. I don't even know who Tampa's <laughs> backup quarterback is. Um, but but the, the Falcons are favored by four. You have to think they're probably going to win, but you have the you have the stones to do that, and you know there's there's several games like that. I mean the, the the Vikings are favored by seven and a half at Chicago. Um, I realize there's a, a little bit of a talent discrepancy there, but you know seven and, seven and a half points on the road to anyone is a little bit ludicrous. Well, this is why, like you said, you play money lines, and this is why we take the Colts money line because some teams are going to tank this week. I, I despite knew you were what go Dave Esser has to say. <laughs> yeah, I mean. We had a little bit of a disagreement on that. Um, Rowdy likes the Colts. 
And for argument's sake, and because we can, I, I took Houston. Uh, you know, Rowdy thinks that Houston's just going to tank for Bryce Young, and I said, no, they're not. And you're, you're, if you're willing to bet, uh, give me to, to give away three points with Sam Ellinger as your starter, um, I'll take Houston. Okay, all right. I mean, you know, I mean, let's go take like, that's, that's one of those lines. Like, if if like a, a week or two or three ago, if uh, I guess after that that primetime game where the Colts got dismantled. Um, if you would have said, would the Colts be favored over anyone for the rest of the season? You would say no. Yeah. And yet here, and yet here we are. Yeah. Interesting. So, you know, I, I think that, you know, and I argued this with Rowdy that if the, if Houston does win, they'll get the, they'll, they'll get um, Bryce Young anyway, because the bears aren't going to take at Bryce a more Young. expensive price. They could have had him for cheaper. <laughs> no, they could, no, they'll get, they'll get him for cheaper. Cause if they get the two pick, the bears aren't going to, Aren't gonna uh, aren't gonna take uh, uh, Bryce Young now. There's a possibility they could trade out of number That's one. That's exactly what if, they do. If, if, oh, okay. Have oh, you been in touch oh. with a hundred year old owner? <laughs> yeah, we wished you happy well, birthday yesterday. The thing. If they were smart, they would trade out and then they would get more value for it. But again, yes, the Bears are run pretty poorly. So what? It, yeah, but the Bears the Bears are gonna get killed by Minnesota one way or the other. So it's not gonna make any difference. Dave, we did have we were in touch with Virginia McCaskey yesterday. Not only did we wish her happy birthday at 100 years young, we also were talking about uh, deciding should we do a, a men of the zone calendar or a Virginia McCaskey calendar to print out for the people. Virginia respectfully declined, though. Well, that's unfortunate. Well, and technically, yeah. Dave, since you do join us on the zone uh, here in Madison and all our affiliates across the state, you could get yourself a month on the men of the zone oh, calendar. From, from the neck down, it'd be good. Oh no! We're, no no no! No headshots. We need the full. We need the full thing, Dave. Okay. Um, when when you send me the full thing of the, of we're the talking about show my balls all the time. Yeah, I know. That was the spe- <laughs> that was one of the specifics for the calendar. No matter who, if it was Men of the Zone or Virginia McCaskey, it was going to have to be a bikini calendar. Yep. Well, are so, you going to are you going to be the cover? So yeah, I already can do the cover. I'll, I'll be Mister yeah. September. <laughs> Oh man, that's my birthday month. Come this on, this is Rowdy's birthday month too. You guys can do a photo, do a photo shoot. Oh, uh, Jacksonville will beat Tennessee tomorrow night too. <laughs> It'll be nothing but Dave and I and a bunch of dollar bills. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think in my case it'd probably be loose change. <laughs> hey, Dave. Since you're in Florida, start looking in your tan. Okay, it'd be easy for you. Well, I can do that. Dave, I missed you, man. Much love. Happy New Year, dude. Happy gambling. And, hey, go Pack go. Thanks for saying they're going to win. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Um, my, my, let me give you my PayPal account. <laughs> and also uh, send me uh, your address. I can send you some uh, some mock-ups for what uh, you're going to be wearing for the Men of the Zone calendar, yeah. right? That'll be requiring a lot of trust that you won't give it out of the air. But no, I'll do yeah. It. yeah, no. Dave, uh, we, lo- we love you, buddy. All right. Love you guys, too. I'll <laughs> see you, Dave. Dave Esler, pregame.com. The Luke Figgle era, bringing in more and more big-time recruits. What has just unfolded in the past, like, nine hours? Yeah, so in the last, if we just go in the last two days, you have C.J. Williams, freshman wide receiver at USC, and now Quincy Burroughs, a freshman wide receiver at Cincinnati, Mm. that are now expressing interest in the Wisconsin Badgers. Unbelievable. And both are, especially C.J. Williams, but both highly touted wide receivers. Yeah, uh, C.J. Williams was, he was top, he was a top 10 wide receiver in the 2022 class. I mean, this dude's a baller. He's a very high four-star recruit. He tweeted out nine hours ago, I'll see you tomorrow, Madison, with a winky emoji. Unbelievable, dude. This Luke Fickle era is absolutely nuts, and they haven't even hit the field yet. Speaking, like. Well, I guess in the guaranteed rate, but it's going to be so Last segment, I said it would it would make me sick if Joe Barry kept his job after all of this. How about how sick does it make you? You're excited now because of Luke Fickler and everything, but how sick is it made you that Wisconsin turned over this new leaf because for the longest time we were told that this couldn't happen, but there was a change in the AD who made changes at the uh, head coaching position and, and I guess out more money? philosophy yeah. as the Wisconsin football program and now all of this is happening were we lied to and said that we couldn't do this it seemed like uh right now it yes because look how fast everything changed and if if we were lied to 
You know and all of this extra money that was supposedly there, where was it going? What was it used for? I, it's a great question. I don't, I don't know. Maybe to build more statues of Barry Alvarez? Maybe that was like... I'm just asking questions. Just asking questions. Because you can't just pull money out of your ass. Ask someone that doesn't have it. It doesn't come out of your ass. He does not have money coming out of the wazoo, folks. It, it just doesn't magically appear like that. You need to find it somewhere. Where'd it come from? How long was it there? I'm going to guess it was there for the whole time. <laughs> Phil Longo, Mike Tressel, comments from them upcoming. I would love, uh, I know Ben's here. I would love for him to, if he's listening, if he wants to, come in a little earlier to try and explain himself because he was in a whirlwind on Twitter yesterday. I'll explain coming I've up. I've heard about the billion-dollar slush fund for the university. I've heard about all the Fortune 500 company CEOs. Mm. Money just magically appeared. You got money coming out the wazoo. Our coaches, the new staff for Wisconsin football, Phil Longo, Mike Tressel. They uh, worst kept secret, right? They were finally named uh, to their positions earlier this week. They met with the media yesterday, and my God, was it awesome. Ben Kenny, once he gets in here, hopefully at 9 o'clock, he needs some explaining to do from comments that he did not like from the D.C. Mike Tressel. I'm going to save that for a bit. I want to go to our guy, Phil Longo, first. But, by the way, both these guys, Rowdy, not the tallest of men. Very short in stature. But, have you seen, I know you've seen pictures of Phil Longo. Doesn't he look just like a football guy? Like, he, he looks like a guy that was just going to, he's just going to chew your ass if you don't do your assignment right in a, in a nice way. Yeah, blue-collar football guy. Yeah, he just Let's looks go. like just some bald guy, a little stocky, and just wants to just help people, you know, score tutties. Now, on Phil Longo, this quote-unquote air raid offense that he brings, he was talking about essentially his philosophy on it. Would you like to hear the philosophy? Yes, on one, please. On one Phil Longo. By the way, an offensive coordinator named Longo. Incredible. Here is his offensive philosophy. It is a little longer of a clip. We might have to pause it, talk a little bit about it, but here's Go Longo. Philosophically, what you want to do is we really want to line up sideline to sideline. And then we want to stretch and, and threaten the defense vertically. Because in a perfect world, you'd like to get all 11 defenders spread out throughout the field as far away from each other as possible, which creates the most space. And then if we do a good job recruiting, we want to get the ball to those guys, whether you're handing it to them, pitching it to them, screening it to them, throwing it to them. You get great athletes to football in space. And then we get to watch them the way you do. We don't have to coach. If we have to coach guys after they have the football, we got the wrong guys. So you want to get the guys that the ball to guys that are exceptional in open space. There's his offensive philosophy. It almost sounds like he's tempting Joe Barry to get a Big Ten job and run zone <laughs> against him. Right? Give us space and watch our athletes. He's like, I want you guys to watch our athletes. Well, it makes sense, right? He's talking about they run this spread air raid. He wants to spread everyone out so then when the great players can get open, whether that be throwing a pass to them or handing the football off to them, Mm -hmm. they're already in open space. Let your playmakers be playmakers. It's simple, but it makes sense, right? Yeah, like, yeah. that's what you want to do. So, basically, what you saw Justin Jefferson do week one against the Packers defense is what he essentially wants Packers wide or uh, Badgers wide receivers to do. Yeah, or Jalen Waddle and Tyree yeah. Kill in the first half yeah. of the game. Makes sense to me. Uh, the goal of the air raid at Wisconsin. Here is a Longo. All we want to do is increase how effective we can be in the passing game so that defenses have to defend the full field and all five skill players. That, that's really the goal of the air raid here at Wisconsin. Rowdy, I feel like I'm living in bizarre world, but this time it's a good bizarre world to live in. We're talking about wide receivers at Wisconsin balling the F out. Well, and look at the team that he's going to be coming in and coaching and on the offensive side of the football. Outside of Joe Tipman, who's going to leave for the NFL, the offensive line is for the most part, intact with a lot of high star recruits, correct? Mm-hmm. We had the Jack Nelsons that were five stars. We had the uh, Weed Eggs that were four stars. Like, they're littered with four star offensive linemen with a lot of potential. And then we're, we're talking about the fact that you look at the running backs coming back, Braylon Allen's coming back. That's a pretty darn good football player. Yep. Ches Malusi, when healthy, is pretty good. And then you look at the wide receiver room. 
Shimray DK has been their best receiver the last couple of years. Uh, Skylar Bell is is pushing Shimray DK for best receiver. Yes, sir. We also saw a six foot three Keontes Lewis make some flashes. And then we were just talking about if they could land a CJ Williams, who was the number 73 recruit in the nation last year, <laughs> Let's go. the 10th best wide receiver that was at USC. He's going to be in Madison tomorrow. Yep. You talk about Quincy Burroughs, a kid that was an, a, a fine three-star wide receiver. He originally committed to Cincinnati, was a freshman last year. Now he's in the portal talking about and tweeting yep. jump around. You already nailed, uh, you're going to have to help me with this name, Trench Kikiana? Trench Kekahuna. Kikahuna. From Hawaii. Who's from English Hawaii, better. who's one of Nick Herbig's guys. Just lay off the ice, bro. Go with Christ. He's also a nice, fine three-star recruit. You bring in all of a sudden these three guys. You better look out, And man. the three guys better that look you out. already have. Look plus out. Plus Marcus Allen, the guy that put himself in the transfer portal. <laughs> then went to the, committed to the Gophers. Committed to the Gophers, now Wisconsin. he's back. We saw him flash. Are so, you kidding? Now you have seven guys that are all potentially and, going to be solid. And look at receivers. the guys slinging the rock to him. Look at all. You got Mordecai and four star. You got Evers, four star. You got Ch- well, Chase Wolf coming back. Okay. Miles Burkett. You have uh, Tanner Mordecai, probably your starting quarterback. Definitely your starting who quarterback. It's all about flinging the football. And then around. next year, you got God's little boy in 2024. Uh, Mabry Matoyer coming in, who's also from Texas. He's four star. Well, you have your Chimray DK, who's your, your best receiver, your most solid receiver. I mean, he he's not necessarily a tall receiver. Skylar Bell's not a tall receiver. Keontes Lewis was 6'3". Yeah. But if they do land a C.J. Williams, he's 6'2". Oof. Quincy Burroughs is 6'2". Ballin'. Now, Rowdy. You're getting size and athletic ability. A lot of people I know are like, well, what do we know and love about Wisconsin? It's running the football. It's pounding the rock. Longo, Phil Longo, the new OC, says the identity will change for the Badgers, but they'll still emphasize the run game. I'd say the identity will change. I mean, it is a different offense, but in terms of uh, not emphasizing the running game, that that's not going to happen. Braylon Allen, that, that'll be as big a part of our offense as throwing the football. Braylon Allen was talking all. He's like, I can't wait to have guys not lording the box, so I can actually get some yeah, lanes. Where and he run. doesn't have eight or nine guys in the yeah, box. He's I like, mean, well, wide receivers will throw the ball too. Open up the field, then all of a sudden you can run the damn ball. These more. guys are good at what they do for a reason. Phil Longo had four top twenty-five offenses the last four years for a reason. Yep. Uh, Luke Fickle has had a lot of success both offensively and defensively at Cincinnati. They played in a college football playoff against Alabama for a reason. Alabama. They know what they're doing, and it's it, they know their roster, too. Like, Luke Fickle came here a month early so he could look at the team practicing for the bowl game. Clearly, he knows Braylon Allen and Ches Malusi are pretty good players, too. It's not like they're not going to run the football. Yep. Phil Longo had had Michael Carter and Javante Williams, both two NFL players that ran for 1,000 yards at North Carolina while they still bombed it down the field. Totally. Longo, more comments from him, said they were going to run the damn ball, baby. I think the words air raid kind of create a misconception or a poor perception of what we want to do offensively. We are... We're going to be more diverse maybe than we've been here, and we want to throw the ball probably more effectively, uh, maybe even more rep-wise than we've done. But you really want to be uh, effective at both. And I'd be an idiot not to run the football here with the backfield that we have and the offensive line that we have. How about that for a coaching? I would be an idiot if I didn't do this. Thank you for recognizing that. Well, I think to make it simple, he already kind of said, hey, we just want to put four wide receivers, say, out on the on the." Uh, formation. Mm-hmm. We want to have our good running backs back there. We want to spread it out. Ba- basically what he's telling you is we are going to run this formation to get some of our best athletes out on the field and get our best athletes out in the field in space with the football. And then you're going to watch them be great. Rowdy, if you were to compare now, I'm going to play one more clip of Longo and then we're going to take a break and go to the razor's edge. If you were to, comp- and I'm kind of putting you on the spot here and I'm thinking to myself, if you were to compare the previous era of the Wisconsin Badgers to a, a, a car, what kind of model or make would, would it be for you? Like, I'm thinking maybe like a, like a Jeep. You could plow through some things, you know, you could, you, you wouldn't get stuck too much, but you're just slow rolling, trugging along. Well, how about like an old trusty pickup truck? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like the one you picture Brett Favre rolling around in. It's yeah. one that for decades has yeah. been extremely serviceable. It can get up and tow a little bit for yeah. you. It's you packs them in there. Reliable. Gets you where you need to go. But all of a sudden, it's going to be a sports car. Well, I'm glad to say that. Here's Phil Longo on what he's compared the offense to maintaining. 
as a car. The offense has not changed other than upgrades that we make each year in over 20 years. You know, I, I often liken it to you have a Ferrari in the race and every year you just try to find a way to improve the tires or jack up the engine or shave down the car a little bit lighter so it's faster. But you're, you're trying to take this vehicle that you have, which is our offense, and make it run and work better than it did the, the year before. A friggin' Ferrari. How about that coming up? Graham Mertz, he had the keys to the Ferrari, grind all the gears and installed out. You give it to someone else now, like Mordecai and Phil Longo said, here's the keys. That thing's going to be humming, well, baby. What, what is the story of the tortoise and the hare? The tortoise is steady yeah. and it wins the race. Well, in this situation here, the old reliable truck is steady and it, it might win some races. But if you want to really compete with the big boys, <laughs> you're going to need the Ferrari. And guess what we got the keys to? The Ferrari, baby. Let's go. All right, Razor's Edge coming up. It might it might break down a time or two, but here's the thing. If you recruit well enough, like Phil Longo said, and you got enough athletes, it's easy to fix and repair. Yeah, totally. We got the mechanics to do it. See, with the other old, with the old reliable pickup, you're looking for parts that might not even be made anymore. <laughs> the NFL set this up where if there was going to be an advantage for a team, it's going to be Green Bay. Indeed. And we've talked about this at length this week where... Love it. Detroit has to have Seattle lose. And that game kicks off before Detroit Green Bay kickoff. Therefore, Detroit could already be eliminated before kickoff. And will they have motivation to play the Packers? I still think they will because it's a division rival. You probably want to burst their bubble. But maybe it's the second half and maybe the Green Bay Packers are up by 10. And then you start thinking about, well, we're kind of down here. It's cold. You know, we don't want to hurt some of our players for next year because next year was the real year where we thought Detroit could really be playoff contenders. Maybe they want to sit someone. So at the very least, there will be no impact on this game. Detroit will still play hard. Yeah, they're they're, going to play hard for Dan Campbell no matter what. There could still be that little bit of this is definitely if they weren't going to play hard, it lines up for the Packers. Yeah, totally. And how crazy is this? Look at the two teams and how they have gotten here. The Lions dug themselves into a one and six hole at the start of the season. They're now eight and eight. Obviously, they need help to get in the playoffs and a win over the Packers. The Packers were once four and eight on the year. They have now got to eight and eight on the year, and they control their own destiny. Win, and they're in. Both these seasons incredible for both clubs. Well, yeah, we talked about the scheduling conflict from the NFL. Totally favors the Packers. If you also know basic common themes, Detroit's a warm dome team, right? All of a sudden they got to play outside that towards the end of the season. Most of the time, the trends say that affects teams that play in the dome. That also helps the Packers. You mentioned Jared Goff and the Lions in general. If we talk about the Lions team in general, their home road splits for offense and defense are crazy. They play really well in the dome, both offensively and defensively, put up a ton of yards, put up a ton of points. Well, on the road this year, they've done the exact opposite. They've given up a ton of uh, points and they haven't scored as many. Then on top of that, you mentioned Jared Goff. Just in general, he plays better in the dome. Yep. Just in general, he plays better in warm weather. And he's god-awful when it gets below freezing in 32. And I think out of all of the games Jared Goff has played and all of the games where it's been below 32, he's only played one good game. And that happened to be, believe it or not, against the Green Bay Packers when he was a Los Angeles Ram. And if you remember, that was a playoff game that the Green Bay Packers still won. Yep. So, yes, you have a lot of things going for you if you're the Green Bay Packers. Just a quick recap. The NFL scheduling you in a favorable situation. Thank you, Roger Goodell. We love you. The home road splits for the Lions are terrible on the road. And and the home road splits for Jared Goff in cold weather also favor you. And if the Packers win, they have all the motivation because it is – Playoffs are bust for the Green Bay Packers. Exactly, baby. Everything is pointing directionally to the Green Bay Packers. And we just had our guy Dave Essler on and he said, you know what? Sometimes it's the simple things where everything lines up and it just makes sense. 
It's the Green Bay Packers. Yep, the Green Bay Packers. By the way, twelve takeover, uh, twelve takeaways. Excuse me, during the team's four-game winning streak. Now the Lions have fifteen total turnovers all season. It's very simple. Matt Lafleur's team and Joe Barry's defense, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, Jair Alexander and the secondary. They're five and one. When delivering at least two takeaways this season, that's wins over the Buccaneers, the Cowboys, the Vikings, all playoff teams. And when the Packers don't get takeaways, they are 0-3. So it's simple. This defense, who is hot right now, you get uh, Jared Goff, who's not good, outside, in the cold, on the road, they're going to have some takeaways. Packers, and obviously it bodes well when they take the ball away. One thing I do want to say about Jared Goff, though, Jared Goff's an all right quarterback. Yeah. I mean, Jared Goff. Got a hot girlfriend, too. Jared Goff is a guy that if you didn't have a top 10 quarterback that was a stud, you're not in a terrible spot if you have Jared Goff. And I think the Detroit Lions are kind of proving that this year. They have some weapons around him. They have some pieces. He's played decent. Now, would I rather have Aaron Rodgers outside in Lambeau Field when we already know all this about Jared Goff? Uh, yeah, uh, duh. Yeah. But Jared Goff, I think, has gotten um. A lot of scrutiny maybe isn't necessarily earned. So Goff has only thrown an interception in six games this season. Well, remember how that all went down between him and the Rams? It was basically the feud between him and McVay. Yeah. And McVay, they went to a Super Bowl together. Yeah. Now it was one of the more boring Super Bowls. 10-3 New England won. But, uh, yeah, I mean, overall, he played really well that year. But there was a butting of heads between the coach and the quarterback. And they said, huh. Matthew Stafford's out there and available. Let's bring him in. Yeah. And hey, he's done well. I mean, this season, look at him. I mean, they started one and six now, eight and eight. You remember, you remember when they made that trade? Everyone was talking about, because that was when Detroit was starting to load up on picks and young players. And they're like, ah, Jared Goff is a stopgap quarterback for a couple of years. Then they'll draft a quarterback. They'll move on. Well, Detroit hasn't drafted a quarterback yet, and Jared Goff has played decently well. Yep. For All Jared right. Goff. Big showdown. Big showdown Sunday night football, Lambeau Field, baby, let's go. Uh, Scotty Dog, hey, Scotty Dog. So I just went and checked uh, Jared Goff's girlfriend on the Googles. And, whoo-wee, disturbing the peace right well, there. Well, the quote, Brett Musburger, those quarterbacks get all the good-looking chicks. <laughs> oh, by the way, Aaron Rodgers now with Mallory Edens, allegedly. Line one, good morning, who's this? What's up, guys, it's Dan. <laughs> oh, Daniel, what's up, Dan? Rowdy. These fools shot your cousin. You ain't going to do nothing about it. How'd you like that movie? I thought it was decent. Yeah, Rowdy it's saw not Men- one I'd watch over and over, but it was decent. Rowdy watched Menace to Society last night. Good movie. Yeah. Yeah. How do you? Wow. All right. It was on okay. Netflix, you know, now. So, you know, it's. I haven't seen it in eons. I've, good movie. I haven't, see, I haven't seen it in a long time, but it's a good movie. Yeah. So I had two things here. So um, first, Rowdy, I think someone, doesn't someone owe you dinner? Didn't they? Say the lock of the year was the Bears are going to win seven games. <laughs> yeah, and that was after Pauly. That was after Pauly was chirping, saying, "Hey, hey, this team could win eight or nine. And I said, "Pauly, let's. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll make the bet that they don't win six. They won three. Yeah, yeah. I trust Vegas. Pauly is trying to pay up. Like, Pauly is trying to pay up. By the way, is he? Yeah, he sounds like he's a good dude. Yeah, he's a good dude. Um, now Danny Willett and the Masters finish still looking for payment there. Yeah, that's from one young Ben Kenny. I it's don't, almost, you'll never see that. It's almost April. You know what? You know what's <laughs> funny is that I actually, I mean, I wouldn't say follow, but I, I mean, I watch golf a lot, and I, when I'm just scrolling and looking to see where people are because of that bet, because of you guys, <laughs> I temporarily just want to see where Willett is in every Oh, tournament. same. I never, like, I never <laughs> once thought about Danny Willett ever, but when Rowdy made that bet, I started checking in. Now I check in on Danny Willett all the time. He's one of my favorite golfers. Well, you guys share, a, play, you guys but, share a power name, too. Dan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, other, the other thing, too, is that if you look at the past couple of weeks, you remember when our uh, really amazing coach said early in the year <laughs> when... Uh, Jefferson and everyone else is running all over the field on us. Well, if you want us to change our entire scheme, then I guess uh, that that would screw us. You can't really just do that. You can't really just change an entire scheme. Yes, we do want you to change your scheme because it's not working. And then you look at what's going on. The defense is flying around right now. Ja's doing his thing with those little boys. However he says it. 
But um, how about Dan? Oh, giant hat. How about Dan down the stretch with Joe Barry? The fact that uh, they were playing zone with Jefferson, letting him cross their faces and and complete every single pass under the sun or dome, however you want to phrase that. But he had the exact same game plan for the first half against Miami with Waddle and Tyreek Hill, who are even faster yep, yep. than Justin Jefferson. And we saw what they did in the first half only to come back in the second half and go, huh, maybe I, we should play man. And then we should have safeties over the top because these guys are so fast and so good. And then we're going to carry that over and use the exact same game plan. The same one we should have used in week one against Jefferson. And weirdly <laughs> enough, when you have good corners hmm. and you give them some help, it shuts down good receivers. Hmm. It's a, it's a, it's an interesting it's theory. It's a novel concept, um, isn't it, Dan? <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I gotta say, I with them flying around, if they're gonna play like this, I, I feel like we get in, and uh, who knows what happen, happens. And Rogers has his playoff haircut. So, oh, that's we'll the Super Bowl haircut, my brother. Yeah. You better, so, you better look out, man. I'm, I'm jacked up. I think we get in, and uh, no, you don't we'll think. What happens? You don't think. You know. Yeah. I uh, okay. The, I'm, don't don't give me I'm, that wishy washy. Don't. I'm, you know they're in. Look, um, I've I've given uh, air quote locks before, and I lose most of the time. So let's just let's just leave it here. I'm pretty sure we're gonna get in. Let's go play the way that we've been playing the last two weeks or week and a half, I should say. And uh, we'll, we'll smoke the lines. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. That felt good, have, didn't it? Have, have a good weekend. You too, brother. Go, Pat, go. So now, real quick on the Joe Barry and his defensive strategy front. <laughs> or lack thereof for a while. When you look at it and you know that the NFL in the last decade plus has basically been pro offense, been pro receiver, especially with some of the penalties or yes. the lack of lack of contact. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wouldn't you say when you have a generational talent like a Devontae Adams or a Justin Jefferson, like one of the top five receivers in the league, they're always going to get theirs in this type of league where they're going to find ways to catch the football because it's set up for the offense to win? Yes. The only, the best way to go about shutting those guys down is playing man with a good corner, coming up and pressing them, and then having help over the top because they're just that good. They know where they're going. They have the play. The defender is the one trying to defend them without the play. Yep, it, It's set up for them to be good. Wouldn't you, remember when Devontae Adams was extremely yeah, good in the Packers just a year ago? I remember. remember when there were teams that were we're setting up potentially at sometimes two defensive backs in front of them. So they could try and, you know, ping pong them around, get them off of his mm-hmm, routes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then maybe having a safety over the top mm-hmm, for help because he was just mm-hmm, that good. Yep, yep, That's yep. what it takes to shut down. So when you have all these Viking fans crying about, well, Jair Alexander didn't do it by himself. Yeah. Because guess what? In today's NFL, it's almost impossible for the best corner to do it by himself because it's set up for the best receiver to beat him. I got two things about Jair Alexander. I want you to listen to. This, uh, he was mic'd up a little bit for that Minnesota Vikings game when they just punked Justin Jefferson all game. Here is Jair Alexander, a little inside look at him and the entire uh, Packers DB group as he was talking about what they were going to do to Justin Jefferson. Take a listen to Jair Alexander with the amazing voice. You had that 18 get touched all night. He get touched all night, every play. And you know what we turning up to every time we make a play on that board. Every time. We owe him. We owe this team, bro. It's a prank, baby. There you go. Every play, they're going to just t- shove him well, around. that's the thing. Everyone that wants to discredit Jair because he had help over the top, the thing is, he still had to be good. Yeah. Because if he is not within a couple steps of Justin Jefferson, it doesn't matter if you have help over the top because these quarterbacks these days are so good. Look, we talk about Aaron Rodgers putting it wherever he wants to. If Kirk Cousin puts it within a foot of Justin Jefferson, and we'll say Jair Alexander's getting beat so bad off the line where he's not able to press him well, Justin Jefferson's actually bitching him around off the line, <laughs> he's still going to get open and he's still going to, to, to catch passes. Jair Alexander might have had help. He still played a hell of a game. Well, yeah. If you have a lesser corner that can't do that, they're still going to get torched even yeah. with help over the top. So this all of this Minnesota whining is hilarious. Because stop whining. 
guess what? They did the exact same thing when Devonte Adams was on the Packers, where they would put like Xavier Rhodes when Xavier Rhodes was good, yeah. And then they'd have like I don't know a, a, an All Pro safety and Harrison Smith over the top trying to stop him. Makes sense to me. But Aaron Rodgers, Devonte Adams was just a little better, and Aaron Rodgers is Aaron arguably Rodgers. the most accurate passer when he's on in football, and it still beat them. Like this, this is the formula to stop a good wide receiver. Joe Barry just finally yeah. did it and it happened to work. Here's the rest of the guys talking during that game against the Vikings. It's a break, baby. We go. We hey, hey, wait. Cousins looks lost. Left side. It's intercepted. Well. And here's the other one. This is this is this is one of my personal favorites coming up here already. Here we go up top sideline and incomplete. And that was Alexander who broke it up. Oh he's got a little gritty right <laughs> next just gritties them. And then uh, this will be for Jared Goff. Uh, this was sent to me, uh, a really good Instagram follow, our guy Farming Wisconsin. Great follow on the IG. He's a hell of a guy. Big listener to the show. Farming Wisconsin, we love you, brother. Thanks for, the, thanks for what you sent me. It is a poem from Jair Alexander. Take a listen. Violets are red. Violets are blue. Don't throw them my way. It's going to be a bad day for you. Yeah. <laughs> And think like think about this too. I love you, Jair. When you have these type of athletes that Justin Jefferson, Jalen Waddle, and Ty- Tyreek Hill are, and I know I've said this before, but when you play zone and you allow them to cross your face across the the field, you're putting a great athlete in open space exactly where the other team wants them to be yeah. and wants them to get the football and then the ball's in their hands and they can make moves with it. You're essentially by playing zone playing like a prevent type defense that we all bitch about because we know these great players are going to get theirs and catch the football. Totally. And I, another thing I want to talk about oh. with Jair Alexander and Joe Barry real quick. Mm. Do you real remember quick, be quick? in those five or six games where the Packers couldn't buy a win? Yes. And you listen to how down and disinterested Jair Alexander was when he had to play yeah, zone. Whole, you know, they're like, screw this guy. He's like, yeah, you have to ask Jay Barry about this. Uh, yeah, you know, got to get a little higher pitch in the voice. Yeah, yeah. And get a little higher. That, 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 that was because, and I know Troy pipeline in the North called in and was like, Jair Alexander doesn't sound interested. It's because he's not. And that's the guy that he is. He's a press corner that when he gets to go against the best guy, it turns him up. And you saw yeah, that we yesterday with the, uh, the clips you just played when he was mic'd up and some of his comments. When he is in the game and, and he is interested, he's a baller. that's the guy that you get is yeah. what you saw. And like we've seen that boys. before with him on Cooper Cup when they let him loose. Yeah. This is what they should have been doing with Jair Alexander all year. And you know what? It, it frankly makes me a little sick that if all of a sudden... The Green Bay Packers do turn it on. They do make a little run. The defense looks and good. And Joe Barry saves his job? Exactly. Yeah. Because it's it's something that should have been done like week since two. week one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put him and on there jo- was no reason not to come out there with that game plan. It was and just, even if you do what you did against week one, you should have adjusted by week two. We wouldn't even be talking about winner you're in. We would be talking about the Green Bay Packers would already be in as a wild card, if not the NFC North winners, but you refuse to change all of yeah. your schemes because we don't know why. And here we are now, winning and, and you're in make, against the Lions. All right, Ronnie. Sick. Ben, yesterday, I uh, went, you know, after the show, took care of some business around here uh, for some other stations I'm on, and, you know, yada, yada, yada. Went home. Made a little lunch. Happened to sit on the couch. And sometimes if I sit on the couch and don't keep doing what I'm doing, I, I fall victim to the uh, the nap. Hmm. I fell victim to the nap yesterday. It wasn't a long one because all of a sudden my, my, I, I was awoken from my slumber. My phone was a buzz, And I had heard from people I haven't heard from for a long time. You're welcome. And other people that like one, I, I got a, a flurry of text messages and DMs yesterday. And some I hadn't talked to this person in, in years. Another one, I didn't realize he listened to the Bill Michaels show. And another person I knew was a big Bill Michaels listener. And I'm like, yeah, what's going, what the hell is going on here? I had text messages and DMs of, of saying to turn your mic off and to, what is Ben Kenny talking about? I had one say that Ben Kenny is scared of success. Now, I'm going to play the clip, and then I want you to... If you'd be so kind to tell the folks what you had said. The clip of me on air? No, no, no. I'm going to play the clip that you re- oh. reacted to. Yeah. This is 
Mike Tressel, D.C., for the Wisconsin Badgers, talking to the media yesterday. And he was asked, on what is the ceiling for the Wisconsin Badgers? Here is his uh, response. National championship. That's the ceiling. This program can do it. We're going to get it done. All right, well, one more time, just for those that maybe missed it. National championship. That's the ceiling. This program can do it. We're going to get it done. The ceiling is a national championship. So I have sudden uh, you must have reacted to it. Bill reacted to it. I'm getting a flurry of text messages to like to, to silence you. I would never silence anyone's transmission. And then I go to Twitter and I see it, which is a now deleted tweet. Yeah. Yeah. I took it down. I see it. Well, the internet never forgets. I screenshot it. Oh, no, I, I, <laughs> I didn't take it down because I, I, I stand by it, but. Here's the tweet. People were just getting too butthurt. At Ben Z. Kenny, K-E-N-N-E-Y. Follow him on Twitter. It's great follow. Well, you keep it up and let them be butthurt. This is after this. National championship. That's the, the ceiling of national championship. Ben Kenny tweets out, come to Wisconsin where winning the press conference means everything. <laughs> ben, um, huh? So, let me read you something quick here. Well, can I explain what, where I'm coming from? Are you going to? Well, I'm just going to, let me just read one thing. My my buddy was it must have been thinking about this all day yesterday and all night and all this morning because he had texted me and he said, uh, let's see here. I don't get it. What do you want, man? What are your future wedding vows even going to be like if you're so scared of success? And then he actually typed out what your wedding vows could be. <clears throat> Look, I would love to be able to stand up here today and tell you I'll love you through the good and the bad, the rich and the poor, all that good stuff. But. It's just too high of a ceiling. I don't think I can do it. <laughs> the odds say <laughs> that in today's America, there's a 50% chance we won't last. All right, Ben, is there a defense of why you don't like Mike Tressel saying they want their ceiling as national championships? I don't think it's that productive. <laughs> um, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Would it, you have felt better hey, if you hey, said, hey, hey, can I, uh, like, hey, am I going to explain myself? Ben's been getting attacked for like 12 hours. Let him, I... I don't think it's a productive thing to say at your first press conference. And and here's why it's not that I, I, it's not that I'm going to say it's impossible and I want it to happen. 100%. There are 15 to 20 things going on within the program that make me more excited about the future. And and like I'm being proven wrong about the talent they could bring in somewhat about the coaching staff, about the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. There are things that are leading to direct on-field success next season that make me excited. And I would point to those and say, okay, the ceiling is rising. I don't really know where it is, frankly, because uh, there isn't a precedent for it, right? Like the team hasn't won the Big Ten West in three years. Okay, they haven't won the Big Ten in 10 years. I just don't think it is necessarily productive because I think it, it paints unfair expectations from the start. What about, now, this team could be quite good sorry. next year, and I think they will be. Um, and it's the Big Ten West, so they could win a lot of games. We could talk about them as a possible contender to win the Big Ten, legitimately. Look, can't you say that the ceiling is a national championship because Luke Fickle took Cincinnati to the college football playoffs? I don't know what the ceiling is. If if someone had asked me the question, I, I would have said, um, we're going to reach the ceiling I, competing for national titles. Luke Fickle didn't win one, but, but this is like, I don't want to get into what the ceiling is or it isn't. I just don't think saying um, a goal that could possibly be unattainable is the ceiling in your first press conference. I don't think it's productive. I, my retort to you would be, would you have felt better if he would have said winning the big 10 West every single year we are here? That is, that is the goal. Would you have felt all right with that? No, because that's not the ceiling. The ceiling's higher than that. I think it would have been best to say something Zach said on our show last night, which is up as a podcast. Um, uh, I think we have seen this program have a lot of success, and we are here to raise the bar, however high that may be. I would be totally fine with that. I feel. I, I just don't think saying national titles are productive. Ebo, what do you think Ben would have said if he was here in the early 90s when Barry Alvarez came into his first press conference and said, you better buy the tickets now because pretty soon you're not going to get them? You guys talked about that last night, actually. Yeah, we did. Um, And he delivered on that. And that's saying that message is I'm going to create a lot of interest in the program and people are going to want to come out and we're going to have success and they're going to come out and watch us play. And he delivered on it. Last thing I got for you, Ben, 20 years from now, We'll say you got a little Ben Kenny Jr. running around, and he says, Dad, I want to play in the NFL. 
Would you crush his dream right there and say, son, that ain't happening. Let's shoot for varsity football first. I think you're missing the point. <laughs> Completely. <laughs> no, Ben, I love that you it, took it, the slings and the arrows, the trials and like, tribulations. Like, the big point is... I love the moxie from Trestle saying it because that's what it's all about. He said it to, to rile up the fan you base. You have to win create... hearts and minds of the fan base. You have, to, you have to win people over, and that's what they want to hear. Yeah. I just... Jim Leonard, not to steal from Zach Heilprin. I don't need to hear it. Jim Leonard said he came here to win national championships. Everybody goes to... Jim Graham, Leonard. Graham Mertz came here to win national titles. I, I didn't hear you say boo about any of it. Graham Mertz came here to win national titles. I and think that should certainly that be the goal. Would you? It is the goal, one hundred percent. Yeah. Um. But I think, like, setting that lofty goal, I think is great. Saying that it is the ceiling and we're going to do it, I think could create unfair expectations. Think about this. Do you think well, it Graham, should be the expectation? Do you, do you think th- the goal should be winning if, the Big Ten, like the Big Ten beating Ohio State? I think it's a stepping stone goal because again, this program has not had a lot of recent like. They haven't won the West in a couple of years. They haven't won the Big Ten in more than a decade. I think we should start talking about national titles when they actually start winning the Big Ten. See, I feel like if I you think say it's a stepping stone goal, if you say, "Hey, our goal is to win the Big Ten, it'd be like in basketball saying. But he wasn't asked about the goal. He was asked about the ceiling. If if your goal though is to win the Big Ten and you think that that's that's what we want to do, it's the same thing with saying, "Hey, we want to make a Final Four. Well, once you get there. You might as well try and win the whole effing thing. You're only a couple games away. It's not as if they're not trying to right. do anything. It's just it's well, so separate from what I'm saying. He is talking about the ceiling. I've I've one other thought. Do you think if Graham Mertz had not said I'm going to bring a natty to Madison, do you think people would have reacted differently to the fact he struggled? No, because he had the Illinois game. That's fair, but I also think what he, like and he had those stars. He had the on stars. He, he had the All Star game. But the had, messaging from the start, I I think if Graham Graham Mertz is now we have Raphael coming up. I have three phone calls to get to. Graham Mertz, the the reason why he was so magnified, it was because of the stars and but the Illinois game with how everything unfolded leading up to it. That's how they true. almost canceled football. How we were starved for something to watch on television. How the world seemed like it was ending. Graham Mertz, it, I bet you there's not COVID ever happens. We're still excited about Graham Mertz, but not, like leading up to that game and the stage, everything surrounding it, the magnif- everything else around it made it even more magnified. And you could even say butterfly effect if there was no COVID. Does Jack Cohn ever break his foot? Does he even start the first two years of his career? All right. Well, we have Raphael coming up, Ben. I understand. I get what you're saying. I understand. It's not that I want to poo-poo people being like, I think there should be more excitement right now than there's ever been. And I have more excitement than I've ever had about the program. I am. When we talk about expectations for next year and I like, I'm looking at it as somewhat of a stepping stone. Maybe, maybe he's right, but I need to see the success happen before I completely buy in. All right. right, Raphael coming up. Let's get to the phones quick. Uh, Line one. Good morning. That is the lowest tea take I've ever heard. Hello, Fuller. Ben, come on. You and Grant Bills here. You sound like Grant saying he'd rather watch the Brewers lose a World Series than the, the Packers win a Super Bowl. I mean, what's the guy supposed to say? If you want to get mad about something, get mad about the question. But why would, why would you not say, oh, the ceiling is a national championship? Not- they haven't done it yet. Okay, but so then he's supposed to say the ceiling is the exact same ceiling we've had here for the last 30 years. No, I think he's supposed to say that um, they've had a lot of success here in the past and we are here to raise that bar and compete for national titles. Competing for is different than saying we are going to win a national title. He didn't say we're going to win a national title. Yes, he did at the end. He said we're going to do it. He well, said, we're the team that can do it. No, no, no. Boys, how about a team, right, right. About a team that has rose to a national championship in the past where it wasn't hey. necessarily there? Look at what Dabo Sweeney did at Clemson. You think his his goal was win a national championship? They went out and did it. We're how talking about, about this? the ceiling, not the goal. How about this? I'm fine if their goal is a national title. I'm saying he's so saying our ceiling is said. this. That's what, that's all Obviously, he said. they the, want the Fuller, Fuller Ben, Rowdy. This is how excited we are for the Badgers in the future in the Luke Fickle era. We're 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 mad and debating and arguing about someone saying the goal is a national championship or the ceiling oh, is a national on. championship. I got I got one more. Point well, this is on this, this is this is awesome problem to have. I got one more point on this. Yeah. So when he when they're sitting in a living room of a kid that's also getting recruited by Ohio State, who obviously is the king of the Big Ten, 
why would the kid pick Wisconsin if he, they can't promise that they're going to the ceiling is a national championship? Well, they're going to say it, and I'm fine with them saying it in the in the recruiting realm. I, I mean, but that, like you, you just can't, can't not say it to the public if you're that's the recruiting realm. I mean, they, they have to hear it publicly before they hear it in your living room. Well, I mean, the promise they can give is they'll compete for national titles. Like, you can't promise someone that they'll come and, and win it because they haven't done it yet. Are you but just scared they, to get hurt? They didn't promise you're going to win bit. a national championship. <laughs> Are you just scared to get hurt? I'm scared Trestle's going to give up 50 to Ohio State next year. And, like, I don't, like I'm, I'm afraid that something's not going to work out and they're all going to get fired. Fuller, let's end on a high note because I'm really up against it here. Packers went on right. Sunday, baby. Let's prove Aaron Rodgers haters got to cope and seethe for another week. Yeah, and this is like Ben saying when they were four and eight, they had no shot at making the playoffs. <laughs> and here we're sitting. I did say that. <laughs> Fuller, we love you, buddy. You That's beautiful that. bastard. Later, boys. See you, man. <laughs> All right, one more before breaking. Raphael, uh, line two, good morning. Bye, uh, Mitch and Madison. Ah, Mitch Dude, up, Ben, Ben, it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to have a bad take. That was a bad take. Um, <laughs> and I feel dirty for agreeing with Fuller, but I was literally going to say the exact same thing. You've been listening to Grant too much. Um, dude, it, and it, who cares if we give up 50 to Ohio State? If we're scoring 51, you know, this, it's a brand new it's day. The it's the air raid. anymore. Let's go. We got That's a, a good point. Did you think squad. of that, Ben? Who cares if we give up 50 as long as we score 51? Right. Yeah, we got a whole new squad. It's a new day. Let's go. National championships out. <laughs> I just, like, if if people now think that immediately they're going to start winning national titles, that's when... I have never been more excited about the state of Wisconsin I'm football right too, now. But let's let's. I think for the most part, head entering the season, Wisconsin fans are realistic in the fact that we would like a national title and would like to compete for national titles and love what he said. We don't anticipate them to go out and win four natties in the next ten years like it's Alabama. I think people are realistic enough to understand. That. Also, Grant Bill's catching some strays from our guy <laughs> Fuller about having low T. Grant is listening. Good morning, Grant. He made a meme for us. It's a Michael Jordan saying the ceiling is the roof, but he 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 meme smithed that the ceiling is this program has been successful and we're here to raise the bar. <laughs> That's Michael what I would have said. Good morning, Grant Bills. That's what I would have said. And if you want to work on that low T, uh, Ben can get you in touch with the number that Bill Michaels has. <laughs> ben, you have been public enemy number one for the past well, what ten hours? I mean, I I'm just being honest. I think you're being you're living your truth. I'm being honest. I get excited in different ways than everybody else does. I don't need to. You, would you have been excited if Trestle said, yeah, we're going to win about five games this year and then call it a day? No, 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 no. I'm getting excited about a, a hybrid 3 3 5 3 4. Like, I'm getting excited about the details. I don't need the big picture yet.